0: Hello and welcome to the matchday program for Southampton versus Arsenal. In today's program, we have your usual feature piece, this time from Joe Rebo. The women's updates, the tactical watch over our opposition, Franny Benali, and of course, first your manager's notes. Dear supporters, welcome back to St Mary's for today's Premier League match against Arsenal. I would like to begin by offering a warm welcome to Mikel Arteta, the Arsenal staff and players, and congratulate them on the excellent job they are doing so far this season. The progress this Arsenal team has made in a short space of time with a lot of young players has been hugely impressive and they deservedly sit top of the Premier League. For us, this represents an exciting challenge against the best team in the league so far. We will approach this game full of belief in ourselves after an important win for us on Wednesday against Bournemouth. It was a victory that showed the spirit of our team fighting together to take the three points in an away game against a side who was six games unbeaten in a South Coast Derby. It was a very special occasion and we endured the evening very much to our fans. I thank you for showing us so much support from the first whistle to the last. I'm sure it was a tense watch at times, but you stayed behind the team and I know your noise and your songs gave the players the energy they needed to get through those difficult moments. And take a deserved clean sheet to celebrate that win together at the final whistle the players the staff and the supporters all together was a beautiful moment and a feeling we must push for in every game this is always the atmosphere we want to create at saint mary's and today is one of those games when we all need you to help us really make things difficult for a team that is so high in confidence at the moment with total belief in what they are doing We have proved many times in the past that we can match anybody in the Premier League on our best day. This is what we need today. Our best day on the pitch, our best day in the stands. To add to our four points from the last two games and to keep growing more positive momentum heading into a new week. We march on. Inside S014, Saints supporting Rainbow Laces. Southampton Football Club will join Premier League and its clubs in demonstrating its ongoing support for LGBTQ plus inclusion by celebrating Stonewall's Rainbow Laces campaign over the next two match rounds. All Premier League fixtures between the 22nd and 30th of October will be dedicated to Rainbow Laces. Campaign support will be visible at every stadium and clubs will be demonstrating that football is everyone's game in a variety of ways. Rainbow-themed captains' armbands will be worn, white ball plinths, handshake boards and LED perimeter boards will also highlight important messages. This year, the Premier League is encouraging fans to play their parts by holding conversations about what we can all do to support LGBTQ people and help create environments where everyone feels welcome. Premier League Chief Executive Richard Masters said... We have an important role to play in using the power and reach of football to encourage fans to show support for LGBTQ people. The Rainbow Laces campaign provides an opportunity to highlight the work that is carried out throughout the year to ensure every aspect of football is inclusive and welcoming to all. For Joe Rebo, the Premier League is just the latest challenge in a career that has tested him at every possible level. Not that it faces the Londoner, who is relishing the prospect of facing Arsenal for the first time. Just don't be fooled by the relaxed exterior. He's been programmed to win. From the hectic pace of life in London and Glasgow, the South Coast calm seems to suit Joe Reba. Southampton's summer signing from Rangers, the fifth of ten new faces at Saint Mary's, matches his composure in possession with a relaxed, unassuming off field manner. On the pitch, Reba has settled quickly, featuring in every game since have played in all competitions, and scoring twice in the Premier League having started eight of 11 top flight outings. The versatile Londoner has already proved his worth in central midfield, behind the striker, up front and wide on both flanks, offering manager Ralph Hasenhutl maximum flexibility whenever he's in the team. Away from football, the chance to pause for breath and enjoy his life at his own pace has represented a welcome change for Rebo. Here is really relaxed, especially compared to being up in Glasgow, he says. For me, I'm a really chilled out person. I don't get up too much, so I think this suits me a lot. I've enjoyed every minute I've been here. It's a nice city, nice and relaxed and sunny. I'm really happy with it. I think I settled in well. The boys are very easygoing. It's easy to have conversations and someone who can have a conversation with anyone, and in that sense, the boys have made me feel so welcome. Fellow newbie Ainsley Maitland-Niles is his closest ally in the squad. Aribo reveals as the pair already knew each other before reuniting at Staplewood but the conversation quickly turns to football. Despite his tender years, only recently turning 26, Uribo's football career has spanned a unique array of landscapes. Starting out in non-league with Town, he made his name in the professional game with Charlton in League One, winning promotion to the Championship in his final season before winning the Scottish Premiership and Scottish Cup in three years with Rangers. In that time, he also played and scored in the Europa League final, one of 42 appearances in European competitions and made his debut for Nigeria since racking up 20 caps for the Super Eagles, also playing in the Africa Cup of Nations at the start of the year. His football experiences have been varied to say the least, but nothing quite measures up to the Premier League. Football's just football, but the Premier League's intensity and quality. I think it gives you everything in a nutshell. Whereas say in Scotland, the intensity is Through the roof, but I wouldn't say the quality is as high compared to the Premier League, he explains. Then you've got international football, where it might be a bit slower paced, but the quality is high because there's a lot of good players. The Premier League is everything wrapped into one. Playing against the teams, you can see the shift in quality. Every single team has got quality. Such was the groaning nature of Aribo's 2021-22 campaign, he played a staggering 63 games in all for club and country combined. This year, he'd loved to be busy during the winter break, but Nigeria fell short of qualifying for the impending World Cup in Qatar, beaten by West African rivals Ghana in a two legged playoff at the end of March. I'd say probably one of my lowest moments in football, Ariba opens up, not just because we weren't going to the World Cup, but because the manner that it happened against Ghana, one of our rivals, And I think there was just a lot to take in at the time. That one really hurt me and affected me, even moving forward into the remainder of the season. Nowadays, he says a combination of a much needed summer break and the chance to switch off from football along with the move back to England closer to his family has allowed him to put that disappointment behind him. What's clear, though, is that in spite of his laid back demeanour, Aribo does not like to lose, something he experienced too often for his liking growing up. I'd probably say only my brother, he laughs when asked if anyone has the ability to get under his skin. He knows how to get into my head. It's funny because we play FIFA. When I was young, I'd play him and lose to him all the time and I'd be upset. But now I'm giving it back to him. I beat him all the time. That refusal to accept defeat was honed at Ibrox, the scene of the old firm derbies and European knights that will live with rebo for life. For me, I want to win every single game I play in, he takes a sterner tone. When I was up there in Scotland, it was a given. You had to win. If you don't win, it's the end of the world. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to go out. That's stuck with me. I've not experienced anything like it, he says. That's the atmosphere. I remember playing against Dortmund and we were at home and scoring. The way the stadium erupts, it's... different. It's a crazy feeling, honestly. They're like the 12th man. I've seen the players come and struggle their opposition teams because you can't think. It's just so loud. So much is going on. You just can't get into your zone. It speaks volumes, pardon the pun, of Arriba's desire to join the Saints that he left behind the prospect of playing Champions League football. It's a dream for me, of course, to play Champions League. But I'm also living my dream playing in the Premier League. So it's either or, he reasoned. I couldn't have both at the time. So I think, for me, it's a very good decision and I'm happy where I am. I'm closer to family and I'm in a good place. You can't have everything all at once. Eribo's new chapter, South of the Border, got off to a flying start when he announced himself to the Southampton supporters in pre-season, scoring a sublime solo effort against Villarreal. A significant moment, in his mind, in the settling-in process. Further goals have followed at St Mary's against Leeds and Everton, helping to make a house a home. But was the one against Villarreal the best he's ever scored? I'm thinking off the top of my head, probably yes. He pauses for thought. I've got another one at Rangers. It was like three one-twos and then I did a bit of quick feet in the box and scored. So I'd say that was up there as well as one of my best. It came against Motherwell in the Scottish Premiership in the summer 2020, when football resumed after the first Covid outbreak i was buzzing with that one he smiles at the mention of his Villarreal masterpiece i spoke to a few teammates about it on the day and they were like what did you just do there i just got a bit lucky but i was happy to get the goal i think it was important because you start as you mean to go on to get that early goal puts you in a position of comfort the next one is going to come when you're searching for that goal maybe things don't really fall for you and you don't get that look so to get that and ease your nerves I think is very important. I always say to myself that I want to show what I can do in the Premier League, which is why I tested myself in coming here. For me, it's definitely important to set targets and affect the game. As an attacker, you want to get stats. It's very important. You want to put up numbers. I've done it in other places, and I want to show that I can do it here. I really feel love from the fans when I'm warming up, but when I'm playing and when I'm out there, so it's a nice feeling playing at St Mary's. Aribo and Co are back on home turf this afternoon after a crucial 1-0 victory at Bournemouth on Wednesday night that propelled Saints out of the relegation zone. But today marks a very different test against Premier League leaders Arsenal, who have flown out of the blocks with nine wins out of ten so far. Playing against London's most successful club for the first time will mean a lot for Saints' new number seven, who admits he's been inundated with ticket requests in the build-up. It's going to be special for me. I've got a lot of friends who support Arsenal, he reveals. I don't think they're going to know who they're going to be rooting for. Maybe Arsenal more than me. But I think it's going to be a really good test. It's a young side, and with every game that comes, they're gaining experience, which is important in football. They're a very good, exciting team who have made some good transfers. I think it's going to be a massive test for us. Ariba will be hoping the Southampton sun continues to shine on him, even if it makes him less popular with his friends from back home. Now time for your Southampton Women's Update. Saints sink Birmingham City at Snow Stadium. Southampton FC women leapfrog their opponents into fifth place in the Barclays Women's Championship after beating Birmingham City at Snow Stadium. Lucia Kendall's late strike was enough to snatch victory for her side following a hard-fought encounter that never faltered in its intensity. Under the floodlights of Saints Fortress last season, Snow Stadium, the encounter began at a casual affair as both teams looked to build momentum. This was perhaps unsurprising given the importance of the match, which featured two sides separated by just a couple of points in the league prior to kickoff. Former women's Super League outfit, Birmingham would be the first to shape an opportunity. Libby Smith dazzling with her quick feet down the left wing before feeding Lucy Quinn, her subsequent shot on the turn, flashing harmlessly across the face of Kayla Rendell's net on six minutes. Birmingham's first mistake was to allow Beth Lumsden time outside their penalty area. Saints number 10 showing fine vision to pick out the darting run of strike partner Katie Wilkinson in behind. The attacker setting herself I to Y with Lucy Thomas before whipping her right-footed effort agonisingly wide of the left post. Despite spurning the opportunity, Wilkinson remained undeterred, showing excellent footwork moments later to draw a foul from Harriet Scott. The consequent free kick was quickly spread wide by Ella Morris to the path of Lita Rutherford, who blasted effort from range became Saints first on target. Appearing for the second period, Darren Carter's visitors, much like they did at the start of the first half, enjoyed early opportunities. Mary Ann spacey Kale's side wasted no time in responding. Morris stealing possession in Birmingham's final third following some loose passing from the visitors. The right back allowed time and space to drive inside, shift the ball onto her right foot, and fire viciously towards goal, her strike just inches high in fifty four minutes. As the game entered its final stages, there was a collective feeling that only a moment of true brilliance could sway the result of this passionate encounter. Step up, Kendall. The substitute had enjoyed a relatively quiet evening since her introduction for Lumsden in the sixty eighth minute, but with six minutes left on the clock showed her clinical nature when it really mattered. Pouncing on Wilkinson's rolled pass across the edge of the box before steering her right footed strike effortlessly into Thomas's bottom left corner. The goal earned a crucial three points, which not only extends Saints' unbeaten league run to four, but it propelled them a point above their opponents in the table. On to our opposition, Arsenal, now, in this week's Tactical Watch, as usual, by Sam Tai. Arsenal arrive at St Mary's as Premier League dealers. What's been behind their hot start? There's plenty that's gone right for Arsenal this season, but you can point to three distinct elements that have smoothed the path for them so far. A perfect pre-season campaign, consistency in terms of team selection, and tactical continuity carried over from last season, but then enhanced thanks to some great summer recruitment. Football is so often about momentum, and Arsenal hitting that first game with a clear idea of what to do created a wave effect. They've also shown increased resilience to bad moments or games, while several players have improved tenfold from this time last year. What defines their tactical style under Mikel Arteta? Arteta cuts his managerial teeth under the tutelage of Pep Guardiola at Manchester City, so it should be no surprise that there are many similarities between their styles. Arsenal, like City, are possession heavy, attack and shoot plenty, and underpin it all with slick, accurate passing. On the ball, Martin Odegaard and Bukayo Saka combine well down the right flank, picking their way through gaps and getting into dangerous areas, all through last season and into this season. Opponents have tried to double-team Saka or box him off, but it's rarely successful. In transition, they look for Gabriel Martinelli's pace in behind or one v one. He's perhaps the most improved player at Arsenal in the last 12 months, and he's giving fullbacks a rough ride. Linking it all together from the centre forward role is Gabriel Jesus. He a big team player. What can Saints do to spoil their day? The coaching staff can take lessons, both good and bad, from Arsenal's recent performances in order to devise a plan. The success Martinelli Ali had against Trent Alexander-Arnold in the win against Liverpool showed that you need your fullbacks on form against Arsenal. But it also showed that if you allow Arsenal time to pick their passes, you're asking for trouble. A week later, Leeds United did an excellent job of ruffling Arsenal's feathers. The sheer amount of energy they poured in that game, tackles, pressures and hard running everywhere knocked the gunners off their stride and they really struggled through that game. Perhaps the contrast in scheduling played a part there and perhaps it can work in Southampton's favour as it did Leeds. The game will be Arsenal's 7th in October, whereas it will be the Saints' 5th and with Arteta mixing key Premier League starters into Europa League games recently, their physical load is heavy. So what's key to a result here? The fullback corps are in for an intense day. On the right, it's about 1v1 defending against Martinelli. On the left, it's about guarding against the skipping runs of Salah. If you can hold them outside the width of the penalty box and block off the middle, you stop them combining so heavily with Odegaard. The midfield and forwards are similarly crucial, as not only to their energy and pressing can disrupt Arsenal's deep build up and protect the fullbacks indirectly, but if they can apply Leeds esque pressure, there's turnovers to be had. Expect the Gunners to have the majority of the ball, so Southampton's best moments will likely come on the counter. Targeting Arsenal's left, where their fullback comes central during build up and therefore sometimes leaves a gap, could bring joy. On to our final piece in this week's programme, and it's the fan favourite, Franny Benali. It was good to see Saints get a point on the board against West Ham United in our last game at St Mary's. It stopped our run of defeats and you take what you can from any game that you play. We looked good in the first half and took the lead with a goal that could be seen as controversial depending on which team you follow. We came out on the right side of the decision and it was a wonderful strike from Romain, who it was nice to see get his first Premier League goal. That set us up nicely going into half-time, but West Ham are a good side with a lot of attacking threats. They stepped it up in the second half and made it very difficult for us. From my experience as a player, I know that there are natural ebbs and flows in every game. Our second half display perhaps showed a lack of confidence after recent results, and clearly we needed to find a second goal when we were on top. It was a big blow to see us lose Armel Belacochi out to injury in our otherwise positive first half. Hopefully it isn't too serious for him. That enforced change did affect the way Saints played and the team set up, As for today, you can't help but admire everything that Arsenal have done under Mikel Arteta's leadership this season, even if we hope Saints can nullify their threats and cause them problems today. They've been outstanding so far, and the test for them will be to keep producing the performances that have seen them top the table. It was around this time of the season in 1988 when I was first breaking into the Saints first team. My debut was against Derby County on the 1st of October and my first start came in a 2-1 win at Spurs on the 25th of October. There were several of us youngsters breaking into the senior set up back then, which is a bit like the current Saints team. It was an exciting time for me personally and for many years at the club. Excellent senior pros like our captain Jimmy Case, Glenn Cockrell, Kevin Moore and Russell Osmond were around at the time to help us settle in. I roomed with Russell in our hotel I had on my first start, so being able to chat to him was a huge benefit for me. Finally, my daughter Kenzie and I had the chance to go to St George's Park to support Copper Del Cure Leukemia recently. I was playing in the tournament as an ex-pro and Kenzie was there as a presenter. It was a great day in aid of a brilliant cause and we had a nice road trip up to the event. The only downside was that I managed to pull my calf during one of the games. I can't run around like I did 30 years ago.